0: Mindfulness mode 311.
1: He called me and he said, I don't know what happened, but my knee swelling is down. I just did this flight where I really couldn't raise my leg because it was a full flight, and yet my knee feels better than ever
0: reach new heights of calm focus and happiness today on mindfulness mode with me your host and mindfulness life coach bruce Langford. hey mindful tribe thanks for tuning in again if you're new great to have you with us and if you've been a listener from before wonderful to have you back and it's always great to know that you're sharing the show out there and that you're uh just doing what you can to uh keep the show on the air so thanks for that Oh, hey, I'm going to be in San Diego in a few days at the New Media Summit, and I am having a meetup in San Diego on April 11th from 4 to 6 p.m., and I hope you can make it. Maybe you're a past guest of the show, maybe you've been listening for a while, or maybe you're even a brand new listener. Come on out and meet with us. It'll be a fun mindfulness mode meetup, April 11th, 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, and it'll be right there near the Shelter Island. Island area of San Diego. Uh, I will let you know exactly the location. All you have to do to qualify and to be there is to email me, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. Send me a quick email and I'll let you know where the venue is. Come on out and have an appetizer and a drink on me and let's just talk about mindfulness and podcasting and uh, have a great time. See you there. Today, I think you're going to enjoy this wonderful interview at one point she says open-hearted blossoming feeling in my body she's talking about the way she was feeling and I thought wow does she ever have a way with words as I talked with Melissa she told me a story of healing and I'll leave it at that so you will hear it as it unfolds on the show sit back relax and enjoy today's interview with Melissa Hey, Mindful Tribe, we're going to have a fun conversation today with Melissa. I have Melissa Seaman with me today. Hey, Melissa, are you in Mm. mindfulness mode?
1: I am. I am so in mindfulness mode right now.
0: Ah, that's great. I'm feeling pretty relaxed myself as Mm. well, and I feel like I'm in mindfulness mode too. Mm. Melissa, I want to share with our listeners a little bit about you. Melissa Seaman is a Stanford-educated lawyer turned intuitive business strategist. She's the creator of Soul Gift Quiz, which has helped thousands of people worldwide to discover their deepest gift, to align with life fulfillment and business success. Fortune 100 executives hire her to help them become channels of genius. How awesome is that? Mm. Channels of genius to create products in the world in collaboration with the highest power to make sure they create things that matter. So, Melissa, Mm -hmm. I can't wait to talk to you all about this, but what does mindfulness mean to you?
1: Mindfulness means the ability to not lose my mind in the middle of all the fullness. (laughs) It means really to be able to remain centered and aware, even in the midst of the chaos, even in the midst of the craziness, because I'm sure I'm not the only one in the community here that feels a lot, a lot of the Mm. time.
0: Yes. Well, Melissa, before we hit record, you told me that things changed for you mm-hmm. when you birthed your first child. I think it was your first.
1: Was actually, my second child, Claire Reese.
0: Was it your second? Okay.
1: Yeah, which made it even more of a surprise when oh. um, I went into labor. And instead of having the strong, intense experience that I had had the first time around with my natural birth, I had a really pain-free, ecstatic joyous, easy ride of it. It went really fast. And afterwards I was deeply intuitive to the point where previously I'd been a business lawyer, um, like a leader in my Catholic church. And so this awakening of these abilities came on super strong with this birth. And, um, and then I could sort of feel energy in my hands and, um, people were reporting feeling, healed after I touched them and I was receiving messages, um, from, from different, you know, realms apparently. And it was awkward because I, I honestly hadn't believed in that stuff before. I'd always Uh been quite a skeptic and suddenly to have access to this other awareness was, um, strangely familiar and simultaneously deeply disturbing because it Mm. really, was so different than my previous mindset. Um, and now that you have me thinking about mindful, I'm thinking about mindset and how having a mindset can become so crystallized, right? And maybe yes. even limiting. And I'm, I felt before, after, after this, this ability opened up in me, I looked, I could sort of look back to who I'd been just, you know, a few weeks previous and thought, huh, I didn't realize that I was set in a certain box or in a certain assumption of what's possible until suddenly I, you know, everything expanded open and I was really surprised and, um, eventually delighted, maybe not at first. So delighted because it really was a radical change. And, um, yeah. So to keep my mind, to feel sane, uh, within all of that fullness was a real challenge of mindfulness I would tell me
0: the first time you had that experience where you touched someone and they were healed. Can you tell us the the story about that?
1: You know, the first time that really it, it was so obvious to me that it freaked me out was uh, we had another couple over um, and the guy uh, Dean had just received knee surgery and he was supposed to get on a flight the next day and fly for work. And he was really worried about it because his knee was really swollen. And of course he wasn't supposed to be getting on a plane and his doctor had advised him against it. And he was really Mm -hmm. stressed out. And I had this compulsion, you know, to put my hand on his knee and I asked him, I said, would it be okay if I put my hand on your knee and pray for you? I'm like, I'm not even (laughs) sure what this is anymore, but I think it's maybe pray for you. I mean, it feels like pray for you, but it also feels like a transmission, like ascending. And so, I put my hand on his knee and I felt my hand get hot. And he immediately, his eyes got wide and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> he said, what are you doing? I don't know. What are you feeling? He's oh, I'm tingling. And then, and it was just so neat. And I, I felt this open hearted blossoming feeling in my body. and And he felt this energy in his leg and his knee. And he also felt some emotions. And the next day, you know, after he after he arrived, I remember he called me and he said, I don't know what happened, but my knee swelling is down. I just did this flight where I really couldn't raise my leg because it was a full flight. And yet my knee feels better than ever. And so he attributed, and he is, he is a skeptical guy too. So it was like, both of us were like, what, this is real. And, and since that time, um, So many things like that have happened that eventually the lawyer inside of me, which is still a skeptic, started to go, okay, I guess there's something to this. You know, I guess something real is happening because we just keep seeing the actual results in the
0: real world. That's an incredible story. And do you consider then, because you said this before we hit record, that you have extrasensory ability? Is that what you would refer to it as? I
1: have access to... Um, perceiving and shifting or or affecting this world of energy that I actually believe we all have some awareness of. Because the more I ask people, the more I realize that even the most logical, well-educated, grounded people have their own stories of just knowing when something was going to happen, just knowing. In fact, some of the most uh, really highly positioned and successful business people that I've worked with who are very highly positioned and very successful. Oh, uh, they attribute their success to their knowing. You say, you know what, it's really my gut feeling. And I say, well, that's funny. Sometimes I call that spirit guide. Sometimes I call that awareness. Sometimes I like call it what you will, but we all have this awareness to different extents. And I do believe that with the birth, um, perhaps it was just the the opening, you know, of my whole self for creation. That experience just turned up the volume for me. I mean, I have to say, I've always been somewhat intuitive. I've always had that sense of of the divine loving me or or relating with me when I pray. It was just never with words and images Mm -hmm. and panoramic visions before. So I've come to believe that we all have, this awareness and, and um, we might get sort of shaken awake to it. Like I did, we might learn to open that channel of genius as I've come to call it um, through practices, through mindfulness practices and through other practices that just simply sharpen that tool that already exists inside of us. So I actually see it as both supernatural and supernatural, you know, (laughs) it's just, it's natural. It's what we are. It's what we do. Children do it all day long and call it imaginary friends or mm-hmm. you know they're so creative we say and and um and perhaps especially those of us who are have minds that are extra logical or who um who love to be educated in new ways we might maybe we accidentally get educated out of this gift. I don't know.
0: Well, Melissa, I want to ask you, how long ago did this happen and how long did it take you to become comfortable enough so that you could then <laughs> systematically help other people?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, it happened. Uh, Clarice was born in August of 2000. Okay. And by New Year's Day 2001, I had I had referred out all my law clients Um Of course, I just had a baby. So I was kind of in my incubation mode anyways. Mm -hmm. And at some level, Bruce, I was thinking, I wonder if this is real. I wonder if this is just gonna go away. You know, I wonder if maybe maybe it's just some weird afterbirth thingy that will eventually calm down or fade. Maybe I'm just high on some kind of birthing drugs. Like (laughs) I don't know what. You know, I was just trying to find some reason. And but by the beginning of the new year you know, it had been several months and it was obviously something that was just now a way of life for me. So it was honestly, there were a few really difficult years there because my whole social construct was within my church and within the teachings of the Catholic church, there's not a lot of room for some of the things that I was experiencing. And so a lot of the people closest to me in my life were really concerned about me. Um, And I can understand now how they could be, you know, because I was suddenly quite different, talking about different Mm. things, having different things in my awareness. I literally was hearing voices. Now, they weren't telling me to do anything bad. And it sounded to me like voices that stem from the voice of God. Like it's the same feeling, sense of the divine that I had always related with. So it certainly didn't seem scary to me. um, But... But I could also feel what a big world it is out there suddenly. And I was aware of more energies of all kinds. And so um, it wasn't until I started meeting other people who were what I would say woo-woo, you know, who Uh were woo-woo, but who were also really intelligent, educated people that I could relate with um, and forming a bit of a tribe where I could be reflected in ways other than, oh, no, are you okay? And, um, it took me about, uh, three years just to really ground into it. And then I ended up moving to Northern California in part because work was calling me there. And in part, because in Northern California, I was normal.
0: (laughs) I was going to ask you, were you ever tempted to just keep this inside for fear that other people would, you know, just think you were, Mm. you would completely gone off the edge
1: there were definitely moments where i was praying in desperation for support i this energy or awareness always felt like such a huge gift it's obvious to me it was a gift so i i don't remember a time where i wanted to give it back it didn't it that would just seem it would seem really wrong Mm -hmm. to me at a very basic level at a deep level However, there were many times where I negotiated as a lawyer for better terms. Because at first, when I looked around, I could see everybody's everything. I could see people's when they were abused early in life. I could see all kinds of things that as a normal person, I didn't want to see that. That's not my business. That person didn't ask me to see that. And so I literally made deals with God. (laughs) I said, look, thanks for the gift, but it's not right for me to see this much. And so my request is, may I please not see it unless somebody asks me to see it and I can help them. Then I want to see it. And it shifted. It shifted. And that's how it is for me now. I don't see everybody's stuff all the time. Um, so there were a lot of instances like that where I had to make my deals I see to make sense of this and to, and to navigate my world with my own flavor of, of integrity. Um, And every time I've done that, I've felt even more access to my ability. So it's almost like a clearance level then gets lifted, and then I can access even more so that now when I work with people as I do, which is often really looking deeply into them and seeing what their purpose is, seeing what they're really here for, seeing how their life path has set them up for the specific purpose, gift that they have to bring to the world you know, with, which starts with the soul gift quiz. And, but then there's quite a long journey of exploration. And um, for me, I work with a lot of business people. And so aligning one's business with exactly the, the market that you're here for and the, the role that you're here to play and the shift that you're here to help create in the world, that, that really excites me. And that's juicy, juicy, fun work. And so I love that I can use this ability, this woo-woo ability can be put to real-life work with real-life results. Because that, I think, was my biggest fear as a lawyer, logical, educated person. My biggest fear maybe even continues to be that I might get distracted or use these gifts as a distraction technique. Right. In other words, right? Because I don't want to just be telling people you know, about their past lives or about the aliens on planets or any of the crazy hoo-hoo-woo-woo stuff. Even if it were true, I wouldn't want to really be yanana na right. because it just distracts people from being present here now with this, feeding the cats, you know, <laughs> mowing the lawn.
0: <laughs> Was it difficult for you to come to terms with charging people money for this special ability that you now have? No. That was no, never. Not, at, never not for me. Yeah.
1: Not at all. It was hard sometimes for other people. They'd say, Well, you can't charge money for that. Okay. And I had said, Well, I I was paid hundreds of dollars an hour as a lawyer to sometimes stand in line at the county clerk's office for someone. Right. You're telling me that I shouldn't charge hundreds or even thousands of dollars to help someone heal their deepest block or to or to in one hour show them why they're here and what business they should be up to. Or that, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. Why is my gift, you know, shouldn't touch money when dentists and lawyers and doctors, and I mean, we all do wonderful things for each other according to our gifts. So to me, I've actually always found that whole don't do spiritual things for money thing to be a degradation of spiritual gifts. Well, why aren't spiritual gifts, um, worthy of reward I don't understand that you know and uh, and I do have an adopted um, Apache mama my friend and I call her Shima because that's kind of a word for auntie but Maria Yaru is somebody who um, who I met early after this awakening thing happened to me and she was able to really help me ground and recognize that as she, as she would say it, she said, honey, in my family, if you weren't hearing voices by the time you were 13, we'd put you on peyote and stick you in the desert. Right. (laughs) So like, just to help me reframe a lot of this stuff, like, this is not weird. The fact that we're not tapping our intuition is actually what's not okay. So, and in that respect, I would say, well, what about this thing? Everybody's upset. If you charge money for spiritual stuff, she said, well, She's, it's true, she said, when we lived all together in, in tribe on the land, um, we didn't do money at
0: all. Sure, that wasn't part of their life.
1: But if I show up and hold ritual, of course everybody's going to bring me gifts, they're going to bring me food, they're going to bring me herbs, they're going to bring me things, because that's what we do. When someone gives their gift, you give them a gift. And so if that were true in the current culture that... When I give my give gift to someone, they give me a gift that I might need. Great. But because our culture is so complex, we use currency. I see. No difference. Of course.
0: That makes sense. So tell us about your soul gift quiz that you created.
1: So it's interesting. Um, of course, I've been tuning into people for a long time professionally and And I like to get through as much as I can fast Mm -hmm. in my sessions. Boom, 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 boom. It all comes through really fast. And one way that I do that is the soul gift system. So there are five soul gifts, um, the creator, the transmitter, the messenger, the explorer, and the researcher. And from the beginning, my higher guidance would, as soon as I tuned in with someone, maybe I'm working with them over the phone or on Skype or whatever. And the first thing that my... Higher guidance would give me is their soul gift type, because that tells me a lot about what their soul is here for. And then I recognize that these are so iconic that I could make kind of a quiz. And I got this bee in my bonnet. I put this little quiz together. It's just eight questions with like pictures. It's really fun. And it's nailing people, it's nailing what their soul gift type is. And then I can send them information on their soul gift type. And it really just is a it's like a fun jumpstart into understanding yourself at the absolute deepest level. Um, so that's, that's, what's up there at SoulGiftQuiz.com, And it, it makes it possible to just, you know, in two minutes, know something really deep about yourself. And it also invites people into a journey. If they want to go on a deeper journey with me to lear- learn more about that or to learn more about their genius, which is another aspect of life that I talk about genius being that which channels through us how to be in those genius moments, but all the time in that flow state. So it's fun. You know, it's, it's, it was literally something that I just, I put together at like two o'clock in the morning one night with a bee in my bonnet, as I call it, I just get a hair, <laughs> you know, in my, whatever. I just go, I gotta, I gotta create this quiz. And I put it out there and I, I checked a couple of days later and hundreds of people had taken it from posting it once on Facebook. I was like, cool. Oh.
0: Cool. Melissa, I, I want to ask you this. Um, was mindfulness a part of your life before this change when you had your second child? Was elemental yes. el- you know, parts of mindfulness mm-hmm. there?
1: Definitely. I mean, I've always been a prayerful person. And so mindfulness, um, I remember even at, at Stanford in college, they had a Taze prayer service, and it was very much a mindfulness practice prayer service. And I loved it because everything, the chanting and the, uh, the vibe was just so centering. And so that kind of practice and that kind of prayer has always been a part of my life.
0: I see. But when you yeah. had your first child, were there any any signs of this change, any twinges <laughs> there at all?
1: well you know it's hard to say what's the miracle of life moving through one's body is a pretty good thing you know it's a pretty yeah. miraculous thing as it yeah, as it is for sure. um but no in terms of really speaking and relating with uh, the invis my invisible team and the invisible teams of others no that wasn't really part of my uh, you know i certainly could draw lines between that and and my prayer life and um I've always felt a deep kinship with the forest and the trees and mm. the critters and the natural world as well. Um, so how did
0: this affect life with your partner?
1: It, it changed it, you know, radically. And, you know, I have to say, uh, um, Mark and I are still good friends. But We, we decided to split our, from our marriage after about three years of trying to make it work after this big change for me. But as he put it, he was like, you know... I married a Catholic lawyer (laughs) and you're a really neat person and I'm sure you're going to do great things, but I married a Catholic lawyer. I wonder if we could be friends and, and co-parents and, and not have to be married. How would that be? And I, you know, that's was just what worked for us. Mm -hmm. And so we continue to be deep friends and co co co-parenting partners and, you know, when you have kids with someone, you're partners for life, whether you want to be or not, at right. a certain level. So I'm I'm really grateful and feel blessed and lucky that um, that my husband, as I call him, is such a is such a great guy and that we were able to remain in right relationship through all the changes.
0: Interesting. Melissa, I've worked in bullying for some time and I always like to mm-hmm. ask a question about this. Is there a story you can share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference or maybe it did make Mm. a difference either childhood or adult or business or whatever.
1: You know, what comes to mind for me is that I do work with a lot of parents of uh, very intuitive kids. Mm -hmm. And I call them dragon kids, because sometimes these kids are have so much energy in their bodies, that they might get labeled as uh, being having some condition or, you know, whether it's ADHD or, or autism, and um, I'm not a doctor, so I can't say what those things are and who's what and blah, blah, blah. But I do notice that there are a, a movement of kids now who have so much, when I look at them, have so much energy in their little tiny bodies, you know, like they're so, such big spirits. And um, And when I work with those parents of those kids and occasionally with the kids directly, which is super fun too a lot of what we do is to help those kids become more mindful, more have resources to become centered and to relax into their own invisible team because a lot of those kids are actually very aware that they have guardian angels or imaginary friends or some force that they can listen to when they're quiet and hear. And so getting them back in touch with that, in my mind, Is what can also help them in instances where they're being bullied um, for being big, for being, you know, out of control or whatever. Yes. That invisible team is right there for them. And they have a different reference point than just these kids who are holding themselves as the authorities on the on the playground, which of course they're not. You know, they're just more kids looking for their own for their own power, looking to hold power in a way that can feel safe to them. And so mindfulness, in addition to the intuitive gifts, acknowledging and welcoming intuitive gifts, I feel like can be a huge benefit to especially the sensitive, empathic, supercharged dragon kids in um, finding their own ground, finding their own guidance and finding their own way.
0: Hmm. So interesting. As we mm-hmm. move toward the end of the interview, Melissa, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first okay. one is this, who is one person that has influenced your mindfulness?
1: I, what comes to mind is my daughter. My daughter, Clarice, the same one that opened me up when she birthed on through me <laughs> because she... um. She witnesses me so well. She reflects me so well. And she has her own practice of mindfulness that's so exquisite. And um, so that would be my daughter, Clarice. Hmm. Yeah. How
0: has mindfulness affected your emotions?
1: Oh, it makes them possible to live with. (laughs) 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 It makes them, it makes, my emotions are big. I'm an emotional type. So my emotions hold a lot of it, a lot of charge and a lot of intelligence. Without mindfulness, my emotions feel like a crazy dragon ready to consume me, you know, and with mindfulness, I can ride that dragon, I can be the steward of that dragon, and allow that dragon to take me where I need to go.
0: Hmm. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice.
1: Breathing's just the first like touchstone. That's everything. You know, the breath is everything. I've, I've done a lot of breath work, especially when I was living at Harbin hot springs and helping to lead breath work events there. Um, I became so much more aware of my breath. And even now, as you mentioned, my breath, I can feel where I'm a little bit like my breath is a little bit high because I'm, because I'm eager You know, and so it reminds me to just sort of let my belly soften and uh, let my whole body soften and arrive even more, even in the midst of my eagerness to be with you.
0: If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be?
1: Oh, I love the presence process. I love the presence process. It's fantastic. (laughs) When I get into crazy modes, I take out the presence process again and I let it step me through, you know, those 10 weeks of. 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening. And um, it's so simple and so deep, so incredibly. Oof, the best therapy ever.
0: I could tell that you're totally <laughs> passionate about uh, the presence process. That's fantastic. I am. Yeah. And do you recommend an app, which may be one that helps you? What or? do
1: I have? Well, I have the Insight Timer that I yes. use sometimes. Yes. Um and I also have one called Relax Melodies that that guides me into sleep. Sometimes it's really fun. They have like night night stories and sounds and <laughs> um, things just to wind down, you know, in bed to be able to sleep easily. So that's a good one too. Cool.
0: Well, Melissa, you talked about prayer a little bit. You mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Do you meditate? Is that part of your life?
1: I meditate now in these little snippets of. Because I'm, in a sense, my I do my work while in a deep meditation. So I have to be clear in order to have access to the purity of information that comes through me so swiftly for my clients. So before a session, I sit, I notice, come back into the middle, and I put out a deep prayer to be of the highest use for whoever I'm about to speak with. And so It's so great. You know, that's how I trick myself into meditating is I do my work. (laughs) (laughs) I do my work. And if I'm not centered, my work doesn't work. So therefore, it's a high motivation, right, to keep coming back to myself.
0: Well, I feel a tremendous connection. Just as we Yay. sit here and we talk and I think, whoa, you're just, you're just feeding us with so mm. much value, so much mm, good. helpful information. It's been wonderful talking with you. And I will put all of these things that you mentioned into the show notes, mm. the book and other information at mindfulnessmode.com. But tell mm-hmm. us, how can we connect with you?
1: Well, I invite you to just come take the soul gift quiz. It's at soulgiftquiz.com. S-O-U-L, of course, giftquiz.com. And I've just seen it light up so many people and it just nails people so fast. It's so fun. So that's a way to get started with me, you know, to check it out, feel how it feels. And then I invite you to reach out to me. And
0: do you do social media, Melissa?
1: I do. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and (laughs) all the things. I do. In fact, I'm going to be doing something really fun over the next year um, on my Facebook page, um, sharing weekly experiments to grow your genius. Cool. to open your channel of genius. So you guys might want to check that out too. Cool,
0: for sure. Well, thank yeah. you so much for being with us on Mindfulness Mode and, and sharing, sharing, sharing. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. Melissa, to Aww, talk with you. I'm so
1: grateful to be here. It's great to be in this space with all of you. Thank you. Wonderful.
0: You have a great rest of your day, mm-hmm. Melissa.
1: Mm-hmm. Take care. Yep. Bye Kay. now. Bye.
0: Mindful Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you did, please subscribe and leave a comment on the bottom of the episode on my website. That's mindfulnessmode.com. I'll mention you on an upcoming episode if you did leave a comment there. And remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe. Use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.